it's not a grocery store story. It's not a food story. This is this is poverty. This is geography. This is transportation. This is children, elderly. It's basically every issue that Southeast Ohio deals with all wrapped in one. Hey all, welcome to the 457 SEO, a place for stories, information, and observations about Southeast Ohio. I'm Atish Baidya. I'm Allison Hunter. I'm Susan Heaven. And I'm Aaron Payne. In this episode, we will have once again the amazing adventures of Chris Riddle after so long. But first, Benton County is finally, finally getting a grocery store. We're going to talk to a man who's been following the saga, uh, almost never-ending saga, Tyler Buchanan from the Vinton County Courier. So let's start off with the question that we ask pretty much everyone that comes in here, which is, what does Vinton County need to be successful? Ooh, I hope you got, hope you got some time. <laughs> we got some time. Uh, I would say, you know, with Vinton County, uh, there's very similar concerns, um, both positive and negative uh, of a lot of other different counties, people that are Athens County folks, similar types of, of concerns, things with, with the economy, with poverty, with job, um, with job availability, with um, any of the drug issues, um, some difficulty with school funding and things like that, with village funding, maybe not so much in Athens size city, but if you look at some of the smaller communities in Athens County, Albany, you know, Gloucester, you know, similar size communities there in Vinton County with MacArthur being the county seat. So a lot of the div- similar types of issues that a lot of Southeast Ohio communities have in particular is dealing with the grocery store situation in Vinton County or the, the quote unquote food desert. Um, the good news is on this, you know, for the three or four years that I've been reporting on this rather exhaustively, um, this is the first year that I'm finally able to say that we do have a solution and it's coming and I'm, I'm happy to be able to talk about that with you guys. But that, that's been one particular thing that Vinton County has been unique on, um, not just in Southeast Ohio, but the entire state. It, it, for so long in these past four years since 2013. It's the only county in Ohio's 88 counties that does not have a full-service grocery store. How does that even happen? Mm. I mean, I know how it happens on one level, but... It's a lot of little things that create a larger problem. You, You think of things like geographic range has been an issue. They have four communities that are much larger than Vinton County's largest community in all four cardinal directions with Logan to the north, Jackson south, Athens East and Chillicothe West. And those communities all have Walmarts. Most of them have Kroger's, um, other different types of grocery stores. So you have that. You have people that live outside of, that work outside of Vinton County, but live within it. So when they leave the county to go work for the day, you know, you get off work at five and I'll go get groceries while I'm here working in Jackson. And then I come home. So, so different things, you know, you could go on and on about the different little individual things that kind of caused that. But yeah, since 2013, we the last grocery store that we had was MacArthur Super Value. It was a locally owned, um, not a big chain store, just a nice local store. And um, it, it went out in August 2013. And ever since then, it's been trying to find the solution. But thankfully, we've got one. So I'm the Campbell's to... out of Zanesville. Yes. Yeah, right? So uh, 
Yep, we'll have a we'll have a Campbell's and people that people that know and have heard of Campbell's. Heard uh, Campbell's. Yeah. He's Zanesville. Yep. He's smiling. Um, yeah, they're very popular up there in that Zanesville, Muskingum County area, and it, it is the same family that's coming down. I think some of the family members are actually moving to MacArthur to to actually open it and run it full time. So okay, what is going to be different then if people still work where they work and their cities the big cities are still in the four cardinal directions and outside of Vinton County so what do do the new investors think is going to be different no and that's that's totally fair question and until it opens right now it's currently under construction it just started uh the groundbreaking um Susan actually covered the the actual shovel shoveling uh mm-hmm. back in march i think it was but they mm-hmm. had, didn't actually move dirt till a couple of weeks ago um so it, it's supposed to open this fall around the time when the school year starts um that's kind of their goal so if you don't know that area it's it's on route 50 which runs kind of near athens it goes west into macarthur and it's actually going to be off route 50 right next to macarthur um next to vinton county high school only high school in the Vinton County mm-hmm. area. They targeted that area specifically for being able to get that school traffic. Very smart. Um, but that, until it opens, that's really a question that is difficult to answer of, okay, once this new store happens, how does this one thrive in the way that the one that went out in 2013 doesn't? I will say the one difference is that we definitely know right now, people have gone for four years without a store. Right. And they know what it's like now to be without a store. And that's really the hope is that people will, I don't want to say will have learned their lesson because, again, there's so many economic and so many geographic reasons why people didn't shop at the store that, that was currently there. So it's not a blame game. It's just I think people have learned what it is like without a store. And I'm hoping one of the big things I know the Camels are that – they People won't let gonna, that happen again. Yeah, and I mean, Campbell's, they already have a Facebook page for the for the grocery store that they're building before it's even open yet. It's got hundreds of followers. They've come down and been a part of parades and been a part of different community festivals in the past year. People are already familiar with this Campbell's name by now, and so many different people just every day are saying, I can't wait till this store opens. I can't wait. So the enthusiasm on paper is there. There was a significant investment from a state organization that had to do with this coming in, but also there was big activism almost from the people in Vinton County, particularly there was one lady I remember from covering that had a banana in her hand. She it's said Rhoda. she Rhoda, she took it to all of the legislators, was that right? Yeah, Rhoda's great. She uh she's the head of the senior center there in MacArthur and, and she and different delegations of officials that would go up to Columbus to kinda lobby for the for a new grocery store really for funding to be able to provide a grocery store i should say and she would go to columbus with a banana in her hand kind of waving it around saying this is what we need right <laughs> um yeah it, it's a really interesting discussion this sort of breaks away in just talking about grocery store and food and talking about very exciting topic of, of the, the public and private parts of government and what should the government do to help so and there, it's been semi-controversial although now that we know that a grocery store is coming people end up saying it's definitely worth it over the years when this grocery store food desert first happened obviously the hope was let's contact these other chains let's reach out to kroger and all these and the sort of smaller regional chains to try to get them into vinton county 
And that was a hard sell, obviously. And, and for the first year or two, there really was no takers. And so the question ended up being, is there anything that the government on a local level, county level, on a state level, maybe even federal with some of that USDA money or anything like that, is there anything that the government can do to help these businesses. And again, that's a... Wait, wait. The government should not be involved, right? Because a, big government, less freedom. Well, so so it gets to that. I mean, and that's, that's a concern. But on the issue of you have a public government that runs public things like schools and libraries, and then you have private businesses like a Walmart or the super value. So what role really does the government have in just throwing money at a business owner and saying, hey, please go buy a store? No one disputes that it serves a public need to have fresh fruit and fresh meat and fresh produce the same way that you have an innate need to have library books and school education. But that was really the concern is, is okay, if the government does get involved, to what extent and how much and really should the government be subsidizing it? Um, they ended up taking a page from Pennsylvania and a couple other states have similar programs like this that have funded various grocery stores like this. And uh, what Ohio ended up doing a couple years ago is starting a healthy food financing initiative, kind of a task force sort of, but they ended up raising lots of money. And you start getting into the weeds and I don't want to bore any listeners on the what it takes to fundraise on a state level for a project. But the essence ended up being the state ended up allocating in the budget a couple years ago for this healthy food financing initiative, two to three million dollars for this. And what and that was the overall pot of money. And what the counties were able to do, and, and in this case, Fenton County and other agencies like it throughout the state that needed it, um, was able to apply for the money, um, the county being the agency for Campbell's. Okay. And they ended up getting it. So Campbell's got, they've been kind of not so willing to say exactly how much, but it's somewhere in the high six-figure range. We think somewhere around seven hundred fifty, eight hundred thousand dollars as incentive, or is that tax? Well, that's money going right that to is, them to help. Build. That is a, not even a loan. That's just a straight here's some grant money. money. Yeah. Wow. So Donation. So there's that money. Um, in this particular case for Campbell's, and again, this this speaks to the. I don't know if desperation's too harsh of a word, but it speaks to how much people really wanted this particular thing to happen. They got a land deal from the person that was willing to sell the land next to the high school for a cheaper amount. They, the county ended up giving them a loan for $50,000. The local bank ended up wow. giving them some help. I, I mean, it, you can go down the list. There was like four or five or six different things. And so on the one hand, then you say, okay, Campbell's coming in. They're not so much as a hero as they are smart business people. But at the same time, this healthy food financing initiative money has been around now for three, two, three years. And Campbell's really has been the people that stepped up to the plate. They're still the only ones took that, it. yeah. Because um, you have to run the business. You still have to do all that. So what happens to that money? That's what happens if, God forbid, the grocery store is not successful. It's it's a given. It's a grant. That, that's just money that, that the company doesn't have to pay I, pay back. I would think it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I because again, you're talking about building a new building um, right. in Vin County. Water lines adding. Yeah, there's to the grid right out. Yeah, there's not open business space like there might be in other counties. In Vinton County, if you wanted to start a new grocery store, you pretty much have to start from the ground up. So that I think the cost to build this new building, somewhere in the 1.5 to 2 mil range. I mean, pe people really underestimated how much 
money this was going to cost. And, and in these years in the interim, while we were trying, by we the county, trying to, to fill in these gaps, right? So we have the farmer's markets. Um, some of the gas stations ended up selling little boxes of fruit and, and mm-hmm. things like that. The, the school, the middle school students uh, started a community garden out in the back of the middle school. Um, so little things, but people kept saying, well, can't we have a small alternative to this big box grocery store that at the time seemed pretty clear that wasn't coming? And people said, you don't understand how much this really costs. And that was really why we couldn't get a new store. It wasn't even so much, you had the problem that and all these in a Kroger didn't want to come. But then you had people like the Campbells that might have been willing, but without this money and without this investment, they were not ready to take the plunge. So when you look at it in the full context, I think most people, whether they're liberal or conservative in Vinton County, and most residents tend to fall in the latter distinction, I think most people have ended up saying, at this point, again, the store hasn't opened yet, so we can't judge its success yet. But I think at this point, people say this is worth it. Right, because it was a community initiative, and I can imagine that. I'll jump ahead for a second. I know anything about Vinton County residents, and I only know from an athletic standpoint, my son played basketball. We were the one team that beat, well, <laughs> one of the teams that beat them, the successful Vinton County, successful Vikings? Yes. Yeah, kick-ass basketball team and all of that oh, but their fans are rabid and and i mean that with all the love and the greatness you can say about they come out and show up for their folks and so i would expect the same thing would happen yeah this is the this is the joy and hardship of being the editor of a probably the smallest newspaper in ohio would have to say i can't speak to the other states but uh, i'm the only writer that's actually full-time on staff. So along with being the normal editorial news person, I'm also basically most of the sports writing wow. staff as well. <laughs> You're so busy. We had, we had uh, we have a lot of help, but but yeah, that what makes that fun is then when the Vi- the Vikings ended up going to um the they won the Elite the, 8, right? They won the district tournament. They ended up making it to the the regional level, and they were one win away from making it to the state for the final yeah. four. And, and uh, absolutely as to what you're saying of they're worth thousands and thousands of Vinton County residents that, that, came, <laughs> that came to the OU Convo to watch the, the Vikings play basketball. So yeah. it's it's not a community that you worry about. It's the enthusiasm there. Right, in terms <laughs> yeah. of sticking together. So using that as a kind of a forerunner. And by the way, shout out to the Alexander Spartans. Okay. <laughs> I had to say that. Draw on the war lines. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was the refs. No, <laughs> yeah. the refs. Uh, I was there. No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, now you're starting no. off. Yeah, no. That would, okay. So um, when there was... Uh, Crap, it yeah. wasn't the refs. <laughs> <laughs> She's turning away from you now. I'm trying to... Let's try to pivot this. Uh, they kicked our ass at home, though, <laughs> as they should have. But I was the one asshole in the stands yelling. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> yelling for Alexander no matter what. Okay, going, moving on. In, pivot in the, sharper. In the, in the, in the interim, Hard before the, uh, before Campbell's announced that they were coming, and there you had some uh, smaller farmers markets and, and folks trying to make fill that hole. Was that just not enough? What is the draw of a, a brick-and-mortar supermarket, as we as we know a supermarket to be, versus sort of these mom-and-pop stands or getting your food that way? What what does a supermarket represent? Yeah, and that's definitely a fair question because you could say they might have been able to, over the course of years, been able to build up enough smaller infrastructure to fill 
most of the need. I think really what it is, you asked, what does it represent? I think, and and this is understandable, it, it's not a great distinction to be the only county in Ohio. And this phrase I've heard approximately a million times, the only <laughs> county in Ohio that doesn't have a full-service grocery store, right? And it means more than just having a store. I mean, these anybody in Southeast Ohio knows these businesses, they, they donate to Little Leagues, they provide they stuff to the schools, um, you know, different... The idea of being able to run to the store. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just going to the so, store. So, okay, so you had a, a Kroger that's down in Wellston that's maybe 8 to 10 miles away. In all realism, I, I mean, the county line right there south of Hamden above Wellston, you could almost call it arbitrary. You could drive 10 minutes down, you go to Kroger. But if you are a mom that lives in MacArthur and you have a recipe and you need a tomato right now, you are out of luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you there, there's still the families that are going to. You, you think of the old, maybe 40s, 50s, 60s, the going into town for the day. The people that lived out in the, in the country. That's still a thing for Benton County. People will go to Chillicothe for their Sunday after church to get a haircut, to go to the hardware store, to to go fill up on get to to go out to dinner, to go to the grocery store. They do all those things. So I don't know that that culture is ever going to go away. Hopefully, with Campbell's coming, people will kind of reverse some of those shopping trends. But I think there was just that was always the goal from from day one, from 2013 on, with as hard as it ever got and with as low as these valleys got. Is that the right metaphor of <laughs> of this story? The story was such a roller coaster, and there's so many highs and so many lows of moments that we thought we had it and we mm-hmm. didn't. That was always the goal. the The goal was always to eventually get a store and and I think because of that, that's how this Campbell's thing came about because there were so many moments that after two or three years of repeated failures and so many close calls, they could have said, okay, we're just going to build up this farmer's market. I think the goal was always let's get a grocery store and and that pursuit paid off. And with a grocery store, I assume, comes jobs. They're not going to bring all the people from Zanesville, so there will be Vinton County people that will get jobs. No, absolutely. I think something along the lines of 25 to 30 jobs, mix of part-time and full-time, obviously. And, and I, as I understand it, the Campbells intend to hire all local. I mean, that's then that's great. Really, to that point, though, that was really the big kicker of why Ohio was willing to kick in the $2 million or so for the Healthy Food Financing Initiative, beyond even just arguing, hey, these people in rural Vinton County really need a banana. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a great argument, but that's hard to push politicians two hours north. It was really the jobs aspect mm-hmm. made a huge difference to be able to say, look, this is also going to help economically in all walks of life. Plus the health part of it. I mean, it's just such an important thing to be able to have. Throughout Southeast Ohio, we talk about this with, with feeding children and feel, feeding the elderly. And these are areas that, that some communities have good transportation infrastructure to be able to take the elderly to grocery stores and things like that. Vinton County has some of it. It's growing, but it, there's so many people that lived right in MacArthur or out in the country that once the super value was gone, they were not able to go drive to Chillicothe, et cetera. So they kind of stopped eating that stuff. And that's not good. It's not good for kids either. So really the combination of the health and the desire to build up the econ- economic 
stability of Vinton County and, and bring 25 jobs. That was a big kicker on why the government politicians up there in Columbus felt this was a good investment. Not to mention the trucks that come in to drop off uh, to stock, and so that's food. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're, they're going to gas up in in MacArthur or in and around the area and all that. And so the super value, the space where it was, what's there now? Yeah, so, so basically to kind of give – this long story short. So we, Vinton County actually had a Kroger for a very long time from, I, I know at least back until the fifties might've been even earlier. They, they had a little tiny store up front in MacArthur. They ended up moving to another place in MacArthur, a large, a large building. Super value opened in the mid eighties. Kroger was still there in town and the super value actually kind of pushed Kroger out. That's kind of the funny thing is <laughs> 30 years ago, it was the local store that moved into town and pushed the big box chain out of town, which is kind of amazing. Wow. And then Kroger ends up building all these stores around it. And, and you know, it's not Kroger's fault. It's just what happens mm-hmm. with, with business. So so Super Value was in town from the 80s. And basically from the 80s to 2013, Super Value was the only place. And it did fairly well in the 80s and 90s. A um, couple things that happened in 20, the early 2010s. Um, economy and the, the the geography thing and the summer before that 2013 was the derecho summer mm-hmm. i'm told that the power went out in that store for two or three weeks and actually ruined like 50 or hundred thousand dollars worth of stock or something like that like At they lost all their they went out for two weeks so there were yeah. so many there were so many like i said there's so many little things that just created this whole big boom right so 2013 Basically, what happened is, is right next door at the time, this is on Route 93, just north of MacArthur, still kind of in town. Super Value's there. Right next door is a Dollar General and a Family Dollar. Neither of those two stores sell, sold at the time, nor do they now sell fresh fruit, produce, etc. Dollar General was in a really small building space next door. They offered about a million dollars for the Super Value owners to buy them out and to use that store. SuperValue took it. Yeah, they did. So, I mean, to say nothing of that decision, it's super complicated. I don't want to get into it, but but they did what they did, and the SuperValue went out. So Dollar General moves next door. There's since a Goodwill has moved into the old Dollar General spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting, though. Dollar General moved into that store, and when they first were planning to move, and as they're renovating this old SuperValue space to be a Dollar General there was hope that it would be a quote-unquote Dollar General Plus or Dollar General Market. At the time, DG was hoping to branch into the grocery store game. I think they've since realized that it's much more profitable to, to sell paper cups. Right, and dry goods, <laughs> um, plastic chairs. Yeah. So, so they, they were saying, as they came in, they were saying, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to maybe bring a plus. And all the people were in Vinton County were really pleased about this of, okay, our super value went out, but it looks like Dollar General is going to – going to come. Right as they were about to open, they announced, no, we're just opening a Dollar General, some type of store. Basically, the only addition was they were going to have extra freezer sections. Womp womp. So, <laughs> uh, so Dollar General opens next door. So yeah, that was basically, that was the first really big letdown of the three or four or five we've had in between Super Value leaving and now this Campbell's thing is, that was the first big hope is that DG would, would have food and they kind of kind of let people down on that one yeah i always thought it was interesting that people were so hopeful for this meat market 
that back back then. So when that they, was step two. So <laughs> then, but that well, didn't even have like produce and stuff. They're just like, oh, fresh meat, thank God. Okay, so so no, actually, step two was then okay, calling the Aldis and the Kroger's and whatever, and basically the conversation went like county commissioner saying, hey, we really need a Kroger, and Kroger saying, how much population you got? Vin County is 13,200-ish, which ranks them 88th out of 88 counties. And as I understand it, they had multiple grocery store chain people hang up the phone when they heard what the population level was. So the second step was calling all those places. It became pretty evident that wasn't going to work. Step three was they had a guy that wanted to open a meat market. Okay. So he finds a store space for it. He puts up a big banner out front. He talks with me on doing these preview stories of this thing. He has a ribbon cutting planned. It's going to be like two weeks from now, right? This is like fall 2014. So about a year has passed. Here was the problem. So the building prior to it being a meat market was a deer processing distributorship. So they knew it had the license or whatever it takes for the state the to, to, yeah. to sell meat products, which you need. That's not a problem. The problem is, is that deer processing thing is not a retail store. So you wouldn't walk in there and just like order oh. deer meat. You know what I'm saying? You just you, go and get the smell of fresh deer blood. You just you go, you <laughs> yeah, use it for whatever you use it. But so, so it had the, <laughs> this is so not technical, but it had the, <laughs> had the rights to do the meat part of it. The it did not have selling. They yeah. realized like two weeks before when some inspector, person, I'm sure. some inspector came in and said, well, you don't have a wheelchair ramp. You don't have asbestos. You don't have a bathroom. You don't. And this guy, this was some local guy that just wanted to sell like steak. He just right? wanted uh, to help, and he's and he's a great guy, but you just, you just didn't know. Right. And and so they come in two weeks before the ribbon cutting and say you need all of the stuff to do the retail for the Ohio Secretary of State. So that was two weeks out, and they told him you had to make all these changes. He says, um, and, and I should note the county had given him a, I think it was like a fifty thousand dollar loan to buy all this new equipment. He had everything set. I I swear he had the banner up and everything. And he asked, how much does it cost to, to do all the renovation to take? And the state told him it was like 150000 He immediately took all the banners down. That building is still empty. He Jeez. sold all of the equipment back to pay the county back for the loan they wow. gave him. And wow. that was, so that was, that was let down number two. Do we want to get to let down number three? Well, I think we should. I think we should take a break and then come back. Chapter two was red tape for red meat. Chapter three. Sorry. Red tape for red meat. Should have been your headline. So, okay. So we had let down number two, which but it was attempt number three. Yeah. And I want to know just for the... Sake of not boring everybody, you know the, the the point of all this and why I think all this is really interesting is it's not a grocery store story, it's not a food story. This is this is poverty, this is geography, this is transportation, this is children, elderly. It's basically every issue that Southeast Ohio deals with, all wrapped in one. So when people ask how is it possible that a count that a whole county in Ohio cannot have a grocery store? When you have, and, and I'm not making this political, but when you have Governor John Kasich that ran for president, that basically his entire platform was look at the economic stability and how, how great the economy in Ohio is doing. And it's, in many ways it's booming, in many ways it's not. People in Vinton County were sitting there throughout that campaign hearing that and saying, well, what about us, right? And so when people ask, how is it possible that a county doesn't have a grocery store? Well, when you hear this whole saga, when you hear all the moving pieces, when you hear the 
the many, many different issues, it is not a problem of bananas and and right. steaks. This right. is this is everything in one. You know. Before we get to letdown number three, yes. with letdown number two, with with the whole meat store saga and the bureaucracy and the red tape that um, prevented it from coming into fruition. Do you have a gauge of how people responded in the community to sort of this idea of uh, government red tape getting in the way of something that we want? And then how does that necessarily translate into the public-private partnership that happened to finally get Campbell's? That was really the start of that public-private thing because, like I said, I I would have to go back to spend three years now. I'd have to go back and find the exact numbers. I believe it was 50,000 was a loan. And, And again, it was a county loan that went straight toward him buying the different equipment that he had there and he already and he bought it purchased it so it was very tangible it was very easy to say here was the money they gave him and here's what he did with it um and i should note that that particular program that the county has of of having money towards small businesses and loans like that this way predates the grocery store situation they've done this for at least a decade or so now they they have a development department office that's kind of tangential to the county commissioners that has done this for people that have wanted to do a t-shirt shop to make t-shirts um i know they've done it for other people that have done like different tourism and cabin things sure um and and it it generally is loans and generally those things get get paid back seed money for Mm -hmm. um they they have small business training classes that the development director hosts like once every couple months like every wednesday night so if you to get this fifty thousand, this this meat market guy and anyone else that tries to get this has to go through these business training courses to so i, I don't want to okay. give the perception that it's they just here's have, here's, some, right, here's money, some money and go get okay. rich right okay but um, they, but they didn't have someone that checked right so, <laughs> so homework uh, wasn't done as full homework was so done, yeah. so to the public perception as i as i recall it when the announcement was made and when my story came out there that the the meat market's dead I think people were very understandably angry of, not at him. How did it get this far that people didn't know? And it's because, and and as I remember, and I I don't want to bring up any names, but I believe most of them thought, we thought that the that it was okay because of it had been a deer processing plant before, it had the meat. They thought that was the only concern. They didn't even realize about the other stuff that I had mentioned. So, but I think a lot of people in the community were, were, a little ticked, honestly, to to see that this came through. As for the public-private thing, it's it's a really tough thing because you're mixing together ordinarily conservative voters that believe that it should be a small government that does not have a place for these things. But you have to remember that Southeast Ohio takes a pretty disproportionate amount of government money for has. a lot of mm-hmm. services, and so that's not it's not an unusual thing for Vinton County to take government money for you name it. So for this to be another step in that process, another cog in the wheel, what, whatever metaphor I'm trying to say, you know, this was not something new and different and surprising and, and I think outrageous to a lot of people. So people might, they might philosophically think, think a certain way, but when it comes to how it actually affects them, I don't think people had that much problem with it. I don't want to speak for them, but I would guess that if you pulled them, they would not have a problem with it. And when they shop at Campbell's once, I bet you they really won't. <laughs> and maybe that's more, this would be a good conversation to have with 
uh, some residents, but that's more of the not a handout, but a hand up, that mm-hmm. saying, where you see I'm trying to work for this money, uh, you know, the money or a loan or the grant or whatever it is, um, and I'm putting it to use. Um, mm-hmm. And then I want to go back to one other thing you mentioned earlier about what does it mean, just the idea of having a brick-and-mortar store. I worked When I worked in Chicago and several neighborhoods, food deserts, and that's the first time when I first heard that term. And that whole idea is you don't think enough of us. Corporations don't think enough of us to give us the opportunity to have every the convenience of life that everyone else mm-hmm. and other other areas in Chicago was neighborhoods here, other counties have, just because we're the small guy or the poor guy or the, you know, the pick a disenfranchisement. We're that that feeling of being looked over, looked past. Yeah, you know? or validated. Yeah, only the other or, looking at it right. on the other side. Like validate me. I yeah. I, I have yeah. to eat. My kids have to eat too. And I yes. think Miss Rhoda, is that her name? Miss mm-hmm. yeah. Rhoda's um her that stuck with me when you brought back the footage, you and um Marisa. Marisa, one of our students uh, who shot that story for WOUB. When she Everyone was talking about the banana lady. and But that made sense to me, and it sticks in your head, because I have to take a pill to get the same thing I should be able to get from a fresh fruit or fresh vegetable. And it's like, yeah, so which are you going to support? You're going to support local people trying to do their own thing or some big corporation forcing me to take pills or big pharma, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that feeling of can we work together to make a make an area thrive mm-hmm. i don't want to get too you know how i like we're to already get there deep. we're there. get real deep <laughs> <laughs> what time do you just, have to leave Tyler? oh i oh nothing i can stay uh, okay can stay. to your point allison about having a grocery store and having the convenience and how we as a society define what convenient life looks like or what a certain standard of living looks mm-hmm. like in this country and how what prosperity looks like and how it manifests itself in different things like having a grocery store. I just think of when I go back to Nepal, um, for the longest time, I was young, but as I've gotten older, you know, you know, you'd stay with your family and the food just it comes and I, I often wonder where you get it. And I think I've asked my mom and dad and they, there's like little markets and stalls, like farmer's markets that you go to. Where I remember walking in the street in the neighborhood and you walk by like the fish place and there's like a bunch of fish on ice and all this stuff. Up until recently, I've gone recently and I've gone and I went with my family someplace and we went into this big supermarket. Mm. And to me, that was like the weirdest thing mm. to have like frozen, a place with frozen food that you could buy and like more packaged goods. And like the this Western idea of what a supermarket is all of a sudden was in in my space or it was what that looked like. And it became something else entirely. And then it just gets me thinking about consumerism mm-hmm. and Westernization, all this stuff. But it was so it was so weird for me to it's so weird for me to be in a supermarket or here or my relatives say, Oh, we'll just go to the supermarket to get that now and have parking lots and a guard that stands outside. When I remember being as a kid, just driving by and looking at the stalls of stuff like the more of a farmer's market, mm-hmm. farmers selling their goods directly. And the, right? and the community that supporting supporting mm-hmm. and that sort of like dynamic of how who our relationships with people and our relationships with food. And our perspective and, of luxury too. And our pers- perspective of luxury. And so I think that, that super having not having a supermarket and, and really wanting one, that dynamic is it, it speaks to so many things I find fascinating. If you've forgotten, our guest is Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we I have part here three perspectives too. <laughs> yeah. Part three. Part three. So th- let down number three. Yeah. Okay, so so the meat market 
idea is dead. That's 2014. Again, the store, the original grocery store in Vinton County went out um, August 2013. Um, they contact other chains in later part of that year and early 2014 when it's pretty clear Dollar General won't open um, a market slash plus store, whatever that would have fresh food produced, whatever. Meat market goes out late 2014. So by this point, this is heading into beginning of 2015, the Healthy Food Financing Initiative slash task force has already started to take its shape. Um, most of the money has already pretty much been allocated. That was that was thanks to a lot of the the state reps and, and politicians in the region. You know, Susan saw when she covered this Campbell's uh, ribbon cutting just a couple months ago. There were so many different regional politicians that were there, and they had a huge hand in this. Um, one of the lucky things is that Representative Ryan Smith, mm-hmm. a Republican, mm-hmm. um, he's from down in Gallia County, but he mm-hmm. covers half of it in County. He just happens to be chairman of the finance committee mm-hmm. of the state house. That couldn't be any more luckier for rural tiny Vinton County to have their state rep happen to be That's the perfect. money guy. So the the state house really there was no concern there because Ryan Smith was not going to let that go through. The problem was really on the Senate side, the Ohio Senate side. Fortunately, Vinton had at the time they had Lou Gentile. He's since uh, been voted out, but he was a big supporter of it. Bob Peterson over in Washington Courthouse. Uh, Vinton County is split into two Senate districts and two state house districts. So we actually have four uh, different people, but pretty much everyone's been on board together but so basically by this point in 2015 the money's already been allocated from the state so the county's already been trying to apply for this money it's kind of some bureaucracy there trying to get this money to file through it went through state's job and family services that was kind of complicated went through the finance fund which that's a whole different thing that would take even longer to explain and even after all these years i barely understand it (laughs) Uh, So 2015 comes, we finally hear that there's this grocery store chain that is quote unquote in a letter interested in building a store in Vinton County. Great. That's the first sign we've had from any chain. Um, It's a chain that has, I think at the time, about a dozen stores throughout Southeast Ohio. So it's it's not a Kroger, Walmart type of chain, but it's a chain that understands Southeast Ohio, understands the economics, understands the type of consumer that, that he would need to appeal to to make a tough store in a tough market of Vinton County work. Um, so we so we had this chain. We I, the reporter, didn't know who it was yet. They didn't want to make it public at the time. They didn't want to sour anything. Finally, a deal gets offered to this chain. We learned that it was Save-A-Lot. Um, and they ended up offering him, I, I had the story pulled up where you guys were talking, it was $750,000 was offered to this this save a lot from the state house uh most of it five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand was from the state then you had the little bit from the county okay. as a loan grant or whatever he had this money at the time throughout 2015 it was basically a question of we the money's been offered he's basically ready to sign off on it um but they had to get the money to funnel through the state to actually get to him. Finally, it was taking so long, there started to be concerns like, oh, is he going to pull out? He's already got a dozen stores. Does he really want all this trouble for a 13th store? Finally, um, and this was June 2016, um, finally that, that money had been offered to him and he actually declined it. So we, we had the money, which took forever. We had the chain, which took forever. We had him finally ready to, to mix and um, he turned it down. At the time, you know, they were kind of concerned, oh, we don't really want to put the name out there of what type of chain it was because we don't want to sour any future relationship. From my perspective, it was 
you're a private entity that would be getting public funds. As far as I'm concerned, your name's out there, or should be. Um, so it, it was a save a lot. They had the $750,000 offered to them, and they, they turned it down. I don't know if it was the concern of how much time it took to wait on it. I don't know if he felt that the seven hundred fifty wasn't enough. I don't. So then uh, never save really, a lot never said why they turned down I never the heard, deal. I never heard personally, and I don't think that the county commissioners and the other officials really wanted to get too deep into all the personal reasons they didn't want to sour any they they were sour they were holding on to hope and i was telling him at the time he just turned down 750 he ain't coming back that was right. that, it's easy for me to say but they were they were thinking no we don't want to say anything maybe he will come back summer 2016 was really the lowest point that was the point where we finally had the money we finally had the store and it still wasn't enough because this, this was supposed to be the alternative way the, the easiest way would just be a kroger comes in the alternative way is okay let's let's round up some money from the state and have this public private partnership and we'll have all these grants and we'll bring a chain in that's the alternative way. if that wasn't going to work they were back to the drawing board saying, I don't know what it's going to take. And by this point, this Healthy Food Financing Initiative has already been out for a couple of years. The concern was that, remember, there's only $2 million in this pot for the whole state of Ohio. And this 500, 600, 700,000 was coming to this one project. So by this point, that, that was the concern is some of these bigger communities like Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland that have tough areas in the densely populated areas, they're going to come in and snatch up this $2 million. And the state's going to say, the people that were ready to allocate it out, they're going to say, hey, we just gave you five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000, and you just turned it down. So, so that was really summer of 2016. That was probably one of the worst days of me reporting in, in Vinton County of, of just – there was just heartbreak of everybody, of, of residents, of officials, of people that had been working on this. And we thought that was probably it. And a couple months goes by, it was kind of back to the drawing board, kind of, okay, getting our bearings, what are we working on, let's get this task force back together, let's get the gang back together, what what can we come up with? I'm at an event in October 2016 at West Elementary, beautiful Allensville, Ohio, and it's a kind of like a trees to textbook program where, where the state cuts down a lot of trees that's in Vinton County. Again, Vinton's the most forested county as a percentage of the land in the county is forest land. Hence, why we're not don't have many people because we too full of trees, and uh, the state cuts down trees and they take the money that they get from the sale of those trees to they donate like three four hundred thousand dollars back to the school district every year. So it's pretty good trade off. School gets a lot of money from it. I'm there at the event at West Elementary, and suddenly the county commissioner goes up to speak about it's great to get all this money, and oh by the way, uh, we have a grocery store coming. <laughs> Out of total nowhere, I've waited three or four years for this, and then I just kind of, I was like, what? Right? And I immediately run after him after the event was over and say, you tell me everything you know we've been waiting for this. So that was, we learned it was Campbell's. Um, again, they've been, they've come down and gone to school board meetings. They've come to community events. They've met with people. They have their Facebook page. They post pictures just about every day of new ground being moved and a field right just to update people like we're coming and and i should know the day that i posted that story in october 2016 that this campbell's market was coming you would think that 
there would be hallelujah choruses and balloons and parties and celebration. And you know what? After three or four years of every time we think we're getting something, we don't. We had the meat market go away. We had the Save-A-Lot go away. We had the Super Value go away. We had Dollar General was going to bring food and go away. You know what most of the comments on my story were? I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was kind of taken by surprise at this. I'm thinking, this is great news, everybody. But but I understand. I get it. When you hear this whole story, when you understand that cynicism, um, I think Campbell's did a really particularly good job in that PR in those first four, five, six months of getting out there, letting people know, no, this is for real. And I think the biggest thing that happened was in March, Susan was there, the ceremonial shovel moving the dirt and when people saw bulldozers just a couple weeks ago on route 50 right next to Vinton county high school people said okay this <laughs> is the this is the first really other than i guess a meat market you could say kind of had infrastructure there but they're building a store and it's coming um should be like i said coming up uh when the school year starts sometime around august the most you could say about it is you hope that after all this time is people will will embrace it that it stays a win-win for everyone um and and then this this the idea of campbell's coming in has sparked further development and economic development talk as the the cherry hill project yeah so just briefly on it so so that western portion of town um the we still call it the new high school it's not really new anymore it was built 17 18 years ago but we still have the old high school in the middle of town so people to differentiate so you have the new high school that's over there mcdonald's um pretty much the first fast food restaurant came in to vinton county right across the street there at the at the gas station right there so we have a mcdonald's um just recently a new um hardware store opened up there was a this is an even longer story but there's a hardware store in downtown macarthur it caught fire after the owner set fire to it he okay. was charged and convicted <laughs> so that so we were at a hardware store and then we so there was like a three-month interlude in the middle where you're thinking oh man now we're the only county without a grocery store and without a <laughs> store. we can't eat we can't fix anything <laughs> no the good the good thing is is really quickly um the the hardware store that's in albany the the guy there he opened up a new very quickly uh built a new building right there on that western part of town so there's a new hardware store right across the street so this cherry hill project is basically going to be this grocery store is coming in rio grand which has a they call it the macarthur center it's kind of a separate side venture from from the community college down there uh they want to build a nice new building and have classes there. Um, probably a new apartment complex, maybe new businesses. I mean, this we're seeing we're seeing little bits and pieces here and there. So really, we're hoping this grocery store is kind of the catalyst of it all. Like I said, it takes a while to really get the full context of this grocery store situation, but I think it I think it tells the full story of of it all. And and, and real quick, you know, the high school or the, you know, the whole school district's out for summer. There's just one school district in Vinton County, one high school, one middle school, three elementaries. And just like in Athens County, just like in many other counties, summer feeding of these kids is huge because there are kids in Vinton County, just like in other counties, but I'm just speaking of Vinton, that when the school is not in session, they do not eat. They just don't. It's terrible. It shouldn't happen. But for one reason or another, they don't have food. So there's the health department. They have a summer feeding program. There's a food truck that's going to be opening a couple times every month in downtown MacArthur. There's the there's um, the farmer's market that, that's downtown. There's some other places that are doing summer feeding projects, um, different outreach programs and stuff like that. 
to make change happen in a place like Fenton County, you're not going to be able to sit and wait and hope for Columbus or hope for the federal government or someone to do it. It's got to be local. It ha- From the beginning of this grocery store, it took local people pounding that drum and these news stories coming out every week. People got sick of it and people said, yes, I know Vinton County doesn't have a grocery store. Why is the Courier reporting on it every week? Well, because it's still a problem this week, so we gotta we gotta talk about it. It sucks, but we gotta talk about it. So so it's really it's just great to see that this positive news is coming out of this after all these years. Um, lots of local just energy and interaction and activity, and we're gonna see how this goes this fall. So I think that's mostly the story. People are have galvanized. Um, to come together for this grocery store. Do you think this momentum of the community coming together um, to fight for what they want, do you think that'll carry over into other areas? I guess it just kind of depends on what what the initiative is you're fighting for. So this is a whole different tangent, but, but there's a discussion of getting a medical marijuana um, mm-hmm. growing facility in Vinton County. So I, not to give all the details of the medical marijuana situation. But it's basically two guys that want to open up a, a growing facility. you got to go through the state. you got to get it approved, yada, yada. And, and I've actually been pleasantly surprised at how many people in Vinton County have been very open and very welcoming. The Chamber of Commerce supports it unanimously. Um, it's going to bring, if it gets approved, it's going to bring jobs, going to bring money, going to bring a lot of economic development. So so in something like that, that's obviously a little more polarizing. So, but, but dealing with economic growth... From this grocery store thing, the way that the Chamber of Commerce really was out in front of that, and now they're being way out in front of this, you can see some parallels of, of stuff like that. Other things politically, it just depends because it's really hard for Vinton County to get much leverage when it comes to state government and when it comes to federal government with funding. That's, everything just comes down to funding. This is a Southeast Ohio problem. It's not specific to Vinton County. And it's hard to raise your voice loud enough to be noticed. Again, it helps having Ryan Smith be the finance chair. Yeah, I, I, I think you would say, simply put, that it it can't hurt to have the fight that they've had and now they've been through it and they've basically succeeded. And now what's next? We'll have to we'll kind of have to see. It's a success story, really, in terms of back to, and I'll go light with the Vinton County spirit, the the spirit and the pride that they have in their kids. You know, you see it on the on the sports end of it. Um, That's my first introduction to it, and then this coming together on something that was big and important to, you know, the majority. I'll say everyone, but for all the reasons we just discussed and that Tyler uh, brilliant brilliantly laid out. We go after what we want, and we support ourselves, and, yep, we'll take your help. Everyone wants help succeeding. I don't want your help failing. We don't need that. Mm -hmm. But just really quick, you know, I I want the point to be when people can look at this in Vinton County and see that it's a success story, quote-unquote. I want people to know in Southeast Ohio you can raise your voice and and make yourself heard. I mean, Rhoda is an individual who's the director of a very small senior center in rural Vinton County, Ohio – that's getting its basically budget slashed to the bone on the state and federal level. And she went to the state house how many times wagging a banana around, <laughs> and now everybody knows Rhoda because uh, she went out and fought. She went out and, and made herself heard, and that's something that everybody in Southeast Ohio can do. I, I, again, this isn't doesn't have to be political. It's whatever you feel is the issue that Southeast Ohio needs 
good representation on needs attention toward, whether it's from the state or federal government, whether it's at a local level, whether it's anything with poverty, drugs, food, transportation, economy. Any, this is really a story that, that people made themselves heard on. They were sending letters to state government and to representatives constantly. They were calling the state reps and senators and the governor's office constantly. They were calling the county commissioners constantly. This was something that people were just repeatedly fighting for for four years. And there's no way that it would have gotten fixed without it. Um, really quick, just to say how it happened. The We had a local pharmacy move in. So we've had a pharmacy for a long time. Another, the Shrivers from Nelsonville and around this area came in and, and bought it out and they've opened up their store in northern part of Vinton County. And they're from, the one guy's from the Zanesville area. He had a friend named Campbell who owns a couple grocery stores said, hey, there's this Vinton County food desert. I keep hearing everybody talk about, maybe you should open up a store there. Literally, this wouldn't have happened had one guy not incidentally not just told for, but he wouldn't have known about it had there not been this huge drum beat right and the money would not have come had people not been constantly pushing for this healthy food financing initiative et cetera, et cetera. so just just be active southeast ohio can have a lot of leverage on these types of situations and, and issues but people have to speak up they can't sit and wait for other people to do it for them because it, it won't happen without it Tyler Buchanan, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to have to come down and hang out with you in Vinton County. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got to. We should have Rhoda come on. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Rhoda's, about all of that. Miss Rhoda. When we come back, the amazing adventures of Chris Riddle. Welcome back to the 457 SEO. I'm Aaron Payne, and we are joined now by Chris Riddle for another installment of The Amazing Adventures of Chris Riddle. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of sting, yes. We'll yeah. get we'll yeah. get our people yeah. on that. Theme song. <laughs> it's been far too long, Chris. It has. How, How have well. you been? I have been wonderful. That is good to know. And yeah. y- you look like you've been out in the sun, and that might be attributed to uh, your stint at the Nelsonville Music Festival. We talked to culture reporter Emily Vota in the lead-up to it. You actually attended the the fest. Yeah, I was a like, full civilian, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a picture of a camper and some uh, some kids running around and some some scenes from the festival. So, as a civilian, I need your firsthand report of the festival. All right, pretty much what I do is I go there, you know, like I know some of the bands, but I go there with no expectations and I just float around, and then you know I just hear new music a lot, which is great. But really, I just go there to socialize. <laughs> I mean. I just run into people from all over the place, which is nice. I've heard it described as some kind of a weird high school reunion, this festival, because people will run into each other <laughs> only one time a year. I actually <laughs> run into people from my high school, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the only time I see them every year. And it's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on at PHS? Because one of them is a coach on the uh, crew team. Mm. And then every year she tries to recruit me to do that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. coach the crew team? Yeah, I wrote in high school. Hmm. 
Really? But I can't fit in a boat now. I'm a little. Yeah. We'll get back to that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah anyway, back but, to the festival. Yeah, but for people that have never attended, what, what is the, what's the festival setup like? How big is the campus, if you will? Well, it's, it's pretty big. We'll start with, like, the campground, mm-hmm. right? So they have camping, and a lot of people go there Thursday night, and they stay there all weekend, myself included. So I haul this camper up there every Thursday. But this year was the first time I've seen it. Like, I usually get there around 12 o'clock on Thursday, and it's no problem finding a camp spot. But every year it's gotten a little more crowded, and people start showing up a little earlier. And this year we had to wait for, like, an hour and a half to get into the campground. Mm-hmm. And I did not get the spot I wanted. I wanted to be back by the trees, by the river, because it's really nice. It's cool back there. Right. I said I'm in the sun. But what am I complaining about? I'm a camper. So, you know. <laughs> and how many years have you been going to this? Many. Many. Yeah. <laughs> Your kid's basically grown up. Yeah, he loves it. When we yeah, lived out in the county, the, we took him there when he was four months old. Is that right? Three months old. And then when he was two, we were packing up the uh, tent to head home. And he looked around, realized we were living. He goes, "No people, because <laughs> we live way out in the county." And he's a real social kid, you know. I'm like, "That's what I knew." Sorry, kid. Let's move you closer to town. <laughs> and then didn't the didn't he do something last year? Oh yeah, he was telling jokes for money last year, and he made like forty bucks. <laughs> and so he'd just go around. He knew like two jokes. I don't even know what they were, like kid jokes. It's like there's a six year old going around, and I have this great picture where he's like leaning down, and there's this guy giving him a dollar. Like, who's sitting on the ground. And he come back with money, and I'm just like, where are you getting this money? He's like, I'm telling jokes. <laughs> and people are giving me money. <laughs> and then he would take the money and blow it at the guy selling gemstones. <laughs> <laughs> so this year he, he made maybe $15. Oh, so he did the joke thing He did the joke year. thing again this didn't year, yeah. Go as, didn't go as well as it was profitable. Well, profitable. he just got bored with it. Uh. And he took his money and bought a Grateful Dead necklace. <laughs> He's like, Dad, I found this cool skull necklace. Can I get this? I'm like, I don't know. Let me... Let me think about it. He's like, well, let me show you the skull necklace. I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking like a skull necklace, right? Mm-hmm. So we get over there, and he's like, that's the one, and it's the Grateful Dead Steal Your Face one. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I was like, you have to listen to the Grateful Dead now. <laughs> as far as artists this year, I want one artist that met your expectation and then one artist that you hadn't known coming into it that surprised you that you're now a fan of. Um, one that I didn't know was um, – Aldous Harding from New Zealand. I kind of stumbled upon her. Just kind of walked back there. Like, really cool. Good stuff. Like, um, just haunt, like haunting voice. Kind of like Nick Drake, you know. Kind of like the Nick Drake thing. But then she has, like, her mannerisms while she's performing. Like, she's got her arms going and, like, her face is going. Like, just draws you in. So you can't leave. You just have to stand there and just <laughs> ride it out. I didn't want to go, but I just couldn't <laughs> leave. Right. It was just, it was an amazing. She had, I saw two of her sets. They were both just totally amazing. Right. And both times I stumbled upon it. One was uh, on the back porch stage. I was just walking. I was like, okay, check this out. This mm-hmm. is great. And then back on the Gladden House, which was, you know, one of our productions for WOUB, which is really cool. So will uh, people get to see that? Yeah. All right. Plug. Plug. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That's really, like, my standout. All right. So, so the folks that come, are they um, – hardcore diehard music fans or do 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 you get a uh, sense that some people just come for other things because i'm not a big music it's, fan it's a I, mix you know I, I think there are people that are there like yeah totally there for music but i think there are a lot of people that show up there because it's it's kind of like the social event of the season you know it's how a lot of people kick off their summer so they just go up there they hang out you know they listen to some music but for the most part you know they're hanging out with people they know and you know catching up with people from out of town or 
just generally having a good time. Every year I say I'm going to go next year. Next year you should go. And mm-hmm. then next year rolls around. And it, so for some reason, it sneaks up on me. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, it's Nelson Mill Music Festival time. <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared to, like, commit to it. And I'm like, I'll go next year. And I don't go. Yeah. I was really impressed with the boxcar stage, which was free last year. And it was free this year. But last year was just a boxcar and people were performing on, you know, on this boxcar stage. But this year, they, they kind of enlarged it. So it was – they had you know, the performances there, but they also had vendors there. So it was kind of like, you know, you could – if you didn't want to pay to go into the festival – you can just go to the boxcar stage, but you're still going to see all these great bands playing, which was – it's really nice. It, I mean, it's its always great to see how the music festival improves upon itself each year. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, like, their key improvement this year. And so that's our report on the Nelsonville <laughs> Music Festival. So now I want to get back to you were on the crew team in high school? <laughs> yeah, I rode crew in high school. Yeah. What what position – uh, I rode bow. In do you a, even in a do you four. even know what the positions are? Yeah. No. The only one I know is that one <laughs> where they yell, "Row, The coxswain. That, yeah. The, the, yeah. Well, what got you into it? It's just like this is a thing to do. Ain't nothing but something to do. Or I know a bunch of people on the crew team. And, uh, yeah, they're fun people. So, so, so that way. Yeah. So kind of like how I did tennis. Yeah. So there's gotcha. four four people in the boat. Yeah, and a four. Okay, and a four. Because there there's an eight. You have an eight, a four, gotcha. a two, and then okay. you have a skull, which is like one. Okay. Is there a secret to rowing? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, what I you mean, might not know. No, because, come on now. Have Where'd you rowed before? Rowed a boat. Rowed a boat. Yes. Gently well, down Did you street. do it well? Yes. <laughs> merely, 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 merely. It is definitely an arm exercise. I know that. I it's I, a, it's I a leg like exercise, a too. Is it? Because what you might not know is you're sitting on a seat that's on rollers. So oh, you're pushing true. with your legs. So you, um, you push with your legs and you push the seat back. So you're pulling that way and then you pull the oar back with your arms. Oh, like the rowing machine at the exit. That's that's, that's the exactly type the, the rowing yeah. The, that's the, just the like the ergometer, gym. yeah. That I have used in the last two years. <clears throat> but you've heard good things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I use it every time I go to the gym for five minutes. So where were your <laughs> m- meets? Is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, my favorite was like Pittsburgh. All right. Um, then in Marietta. There was a good one there. How popular is crew in southeast Ohio, would you say? In southeast Ohio? Um, on the river? I don't know, maybe moderately popular. I know Marietta has the college and the high school have, they both have crew teams. Uh, Parkersburg South has a crew team now. They didn't have a crew team then. but And then PHS has a crew team, which is surprising. You know, I mean, you don't think like the mid-Ohio Valley and, and rowing. I just see it as like a rich people fancy fancy sport. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like in England, Oxford. Yes, yeah. <laughs> British is what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. We're off to have a crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics, you always see Great Britain and nobody can beat Great Britain. Right. Just, do you ever miss rowing? Yeah, sometimes I do. Do you? Yeah. But I not enough to, oh, sorry, but no, not enough to coach it. No, no. I would never want to do that. There was a callback from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just bickering. We need to end it. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been getting some sun because of the Nelsonville Music Festival, but you've also been out and about during different hours. I know. I've been living like a normal weeks. human being. I know. What was that like? It was, it was excellent. I do this every year because my wife does a study abroad trip to Paraguay each year. And, you know, I've got a seven-year-old and daycare doesn't open at 430 in the morning. So I get to take him to the bus. So I switch uh, positions with our afternoon person, Robin Barnes. And it's great. Like I come in here at, you know, 10 o'clock. I'm all bright and cheerful. I got eight hours of sleep. Like I can actually think. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And what is what is your like going through the day or going out and about? Do you notice th- th- how things are different? Yeah, um, probably the the 
most amazing thing I've noticed is at the grocery store because <laughs> I usually go to the grocery store when I get off work, which is like, you know, usually at like one o'clock or so in the afternoon. And I'm either the youngest person there and I'm 42 or, you know, it, it's it's um, new moms. And those are the only people shopping at the grocery store. So, like, I'm definitely like outside of my demographic at the <laughs> grocery store most of the year. But now I'm going to the grocery store like it's it's my demographic. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people like you know the off shifts like getting off at at one o'clock or whatever would be mm-hmm. nice to them. Do you like that or do you prefer the the so called normal schedule? I you know I prefer the normal schedule. It's there there are advantages to getting off at one o'clock. You can you know you can get a lot more done during the day. So if you have errands to run, you then know. you have to go to bed early and all that. Right. I mean, ideally you go to bed early, like. In reality, I go to bed at like ten thirty. You know, <laughs> so that's the other thing. Like, I live on five hours of sleep for most of the year, but now, like, I wake up at six thirty, and I just wake up. You know, when I'm doing the afternoon shift, it's like, oh wait, I'm rested. I can wake up. I'll just turn the alarm off before it goes off. You know, it's great. I'm just happy, a cheerful person. Is it hard to transition though? No. <laughs> no. It's hard, probably hard going back. It, you know, it really isn't hard going back. I think you know, I've done this for so long that mm. it's. How many hours of sleep have you do you, do you, does your body need? You've you've done different schedules. Do you have a like I need uh, six point seven to five hours? Most of the time, I can function pretty well in six. Um, if I get more than six, most of the year I'm kind of useless. Like I get too rested during morning edition. I'll put a newscast together and just completely zone out in the middle of a newscast. Like I can feel myself zoning out. You don't really have to work to to stay in it. But when I'm not rested, hey, it's great. Good newscast. <laughs> there was a study that came out, I think it was last year, year before last, and all the morning edition hosts, because we're all on this kind of a listserv, you know, and um, we, all, we all talked about it because it said people that don't sleep well or that have weird shifts, it has the same effect on your brain as smoking marijuana, only none of the good stuff. <laughs> so, you know, you're just like absent-minded and you eat all the time. Yeah. And that's the only the <laughs> part of it you're getting yeah I think that's the first thing I remember about you is when I started working here and I come in at like 8.30 or 9 and you'd come in and alright I'm eating my lunch yeah <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> you're eating like turkey meatloaf yeah it was like a, you know uh, some chicken and <laughs> um, hats off to you for doing the morning shift and for delivering the local news to our listenership every morning it's it's not a job you get thanked for a lot. It's something I think people take for granted. So just know we appreciate it. Well, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's what's next on the on the schedule for Amazing Adventures of Chris Riddle? It we got the summer. It's the summertime. It's the sun the is summer. out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got a vacation planned in August. That's okay. about it. We're going to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Got to camp there for a couple of days. Stop in D.C. to take a, you know, sleep in a real bed. <laughs> and then camp on Assateague Island for a couple of days. Watch the horses come and try to eat the tent. <laughs> That'll be fun. And then I'm taking Carrie and Harper to an airport in New York and sending them to uh, Scotland for a week. Oh. Then I'm going to go do nerdy stuff in Massachusetts. Okay. What kind of nerdy stuff? Oh. Uh, like a con or? No, like whaling stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the, like super nerdy stuff. Like, okay. I want to go to the Whale Museum. Who wants to go to the Whale Museum? Nobody wants to go to the Whaling Museum. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, but I'm also, there's a David Hostetler Museum on uh, Martha's Vineyard. 
So David Hostetler, a sculptor that lived here in Athens, passed away last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But, yeah, I was looking at a map, and it was like Hostetler Museum. So I was like, oh, because they're also my neighbors. The Hostetlers are my neighbors, so, you know, zoom in on it. It's the David Hostetler Museum. So huh. go check that out. Go see some of his sculptures. Southeast Ohio, somewhere else. On an island. <laughs> what kind of sculptures did he do? Uh, he did. He specialized in like the feminine form with wood and metal. Well, that's going to be awesome. A little, little piece of Athens. A little piece of Athens. Up in the northeast. Oh, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We yeah. major. 457 SEO. We major. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, you'll have to update us on your adventures as they come. Thanks for joining us again. Always a pleasure. See you next time. Bye-bye. And that's another edition of the 457 SEO. Thanks for listening, and thanks to all of our guests for this show. Chris Riddle, of course, and also Tyler Buchanan from the Vinton County Courier. Thanks for coming in and sharing the saga of the Vinton County Grocery Store. We'll have more with Tyler in the future, perhaps, working on something there, but don't want to give away too many details. All of our original music is by Nathan McGuire. Big thanks to him. Our producer is Adam Rich behind the glass. Big thanks to him. The 457 SEO is recorded in the WOUB Telemix studio and is a product of WOUB News. You can find us on any sort of application or website where podcasts are found. That includes iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also, WOUB.org slash listen is a good place to find us. And uh, if you happen to go there give us a rating give us a five-star rating on itunes it helps other people find the show and helps us get better with your feedback as long as it's constructive please be nice (laughs) please be nice so again so if you are so led give us a five-star rating and give us a review we also accept four-star ratings with good reason with good reason i guess but you know we're really looking for five stars (laughs) So once again, thank you for listening. This has been the 457 SEO. I'm Aaron Payne. I'm Allison Hunter. I'm Susan Tebbin. And I'm Atish Baidya. Thanks. Bye. See you next time. Maybe we should split up that. We should. know what the positions are yeah. no the only one i know is that <laughs> one where they yell row the that, yeah the, the, yeah that's okay. the guy that tells everyone else what to do right yeah so and here's the key yeah, I, I know someone that did that don't don't date the coxswain and then break up with the coxswain <laughs> who's uh, the coxswain of your boat because uh-oh. that next race is going to be rough <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> row and row that, that's my tip chris is inadequate <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling that's personal experience, Mr. Riddle. Uh, You know, maybe.